So, uh, how uh, how has quarantine been for you and the the family? It's really weird times. Yes, man, it's been tough. Um, I don't know, love. Sorry, uh, it's been tough, man. Uh, my job. I'm in the plastic industry, so I've been real busy at work. My wife was going to school to be a nail technician, and when the corona hit, she had to start doing online classes at home. And my little girl got out of school early, and we had to do online schooling. So it's been kind of crazy. Been at home a lot lately. Um, we're finally breaking out, been able to get to the gym a lot more, and, you know, getting back to normal. How's that been for training? Obviously, you just said you were going, uh, you're getting back to the gym now, but throughout the uh, throughout the entire thing, I'm sure you were doing a lot of cardio. What sorts of things were you doing to stay uh, stay in shape? Uh, I live out in the country, um, so I like to run the the roads a lot. But I also have my own little gym out here in my uh, father-in-law's garage up above it. He has an open area, and I put up uh, some puzzle mats. I got some boxing bag or punching bags up there, and uh, had a, some friends come out and train with me while I can stay active. I was hoping to fight a lot sooner. I was even trying to get on the July 10th card, which is next week for LFA. Uh, when they finally reached back out to me, they offered me the July 24th one, and I took it. So has there like throughout the entire thing, was there ever a doubt where you, or like a part of you that said, you know what, I should wait this out, wait until all this pandemic bull crap is done with, and then I'll take the fight? Or was it just, man, let's just get me a fight? Uh, there's a little bit of both. Uh, my job asked me as well if I would uh, kind of stop training a little bit and try to stay away from people because uh, there's a lot of older people at my job that were high risk. So they did ask me to stop training and I started getting that quarantine weight and I did not like it. So I started trying to put a lot of work in on the road uh, up here in Oklahoma, Sand Springs, Oklahoma, where I'm from. It's really hot. So I've been getting a lot of running in, getting that road work to keep my weight down. So I wanted to fight. Uh, I was actually rallying for the UFC if, if possible, but I know my win streak's not really big right now. I'm three and one in my last four. My last three fights that I did win were all at 125, and I finished all three of my opponents. Uh, and then I have one loss at 135, which was to Ray Rodriguez, and I lost my 135 title to him. And I bounced back with another win at 125 and got the FCF 125 title. So I was hoping to keep that momentum going to rally for the UFC. And uh, we had a minor setback with this, but now we're back on the right road. And this LFA title is going to get me one shot closer to that UFC. Yeah, it's it's weird because at 125, even in the UFC, there, there's not a whole lot of talent. You know, there may be 20 guys or so at most. So you really like... 13 and 5, 18, 18 fights at a, as, as a flyweight is very unusual. Um, like, there's only a handful of guys I can think of. You, Sean Santella, guys outside the UFC that really could be a fight, fight or two away. So this is, there's a lot of them lying going into this fight. Does it add any pressure knowing that not only is there a title at stake, there's potential to be in the UFC as well? Yes, and also if you look at my career, like I said, I'm 3-1 and one in my last four a loss here could really determine where I go in my career. So I'm very motivated to get this win. I'm very motivated to get that LFA title. Uh, Brandon, uh, Brandon Roy Val was the last one to hold the title. And we seen him fight Tim Elliott in the UFC, who was number 10 in the UFC. 
and he picked up that win and got the submission. So now I see him as a ranked opponent in the UFC, and that's the opportunity I want. So I want to go win this LFA title. I'm 2-0 in LFA, one fight at 135 against UFC vet Johnny Bedford, which I was a huge underdog in, and I put him to sleep in the third round. Then I stepped up on two weeks' notice against the number one ranked guy in Texas, C.J. Hamilton. The guy was also on the Tuesday Night Contender show. He fought Casey Kinning, which is making a heck of a run in the UFC, and Casey only beat him by a decision. I'm finishing these guys. Only one 125-er have I never finished, and that was the one that knocked me out. So any of these 125-ers that I fight, I get my hands on them, and I'm a strong 125er. I'm not a very big 135er, but I'm a big, strong 125er. I've been cutting weight since I was about eight years old. Uh, I started in wrestling when I was real young. So the weight cut's not a problem to get down to 125. I like to be the bigger, stronger guy, and this fight right here is a huge one for me. And if I can go in there and finish Greg Fisher, who's never been finished with a 10-1 record, um, it's going to really do a lot for my career. What's uh, what's the preparation been like knowing that this could go five rounds? You've never gotten past the third round. Um, so it's there's a you know, if it gets to the fourth and fifth round, what sorts of adjustments have you been making in your training to prepare for that? Um, actually, I have been to the fifth round uh, in one fight, um, but it was early in my career in Texas when my third pro fight, I fought for a 125 title for IXFA against Humberto De Leon. And uh, it was the second time I fought him. I fought him in Bellator. Uh, he's actually the only opponent I've never finished at 125. Uh, I have two wins over him by decision, but they made us fight three-minute rounds at that time. So it's not the same. Yeah. But this is my third world title in a row, uh, five five-minute rounds. And we haven't been there yet, but the preparation is more than ready to get us there. I've been working hard. I train CrossFit three times a week in the morning. I've been running my sprints to push my cardio. I do my Muay Thai. I do my jiu-jitsu. I've been doing everything I can to push myself to be able to go five five-minute rounds, especially fighting a guy like Greg Fisher that's never been finished. So if I can't finish him, I want to dominate him in every aspect of the game. So I want to be ready, and I've been pushing really hard for this. I'd like to take a little bit, I guess, and, and, and do like a little throwback. So, so, so you wrestled a lot. What was what was the transition into the M- into MMA like? Um, as well as why did you end up transitioning into MMA? Um, I love the transition. As you can see, I, well, I'm a brown belt in jiu-jitsu, but unfortunately I've been a brown belt for eight years. Uh, yesterday marked eight years as a brown belt. Um, shortly after getting my brown belt, I moved back to Sand Springs, Oklahoma, um, Let's say, okay, so at 17 years old, I started making bad decisions in school, and my dad didn't like it, so I dropped out of school, I moved to Corpus Christi, Texas, and I started training under Hector the H-Train Munoz. He also uh, works Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu with Donald Cowboy Sharon out in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I was with him for multiple years. I went 7-0 and as an amateur with all submissions at two different weight classes, 125 and 135 before turning pro in Bellator 20. So uh, I just, I made some bad decisions, ended up down there in Corpus Christi, Texas, started doing that jiu-jitsu. And as you can see, I have seven submission wins as an amateur. I have 11 submissions as a pro, and I have a phenomenal wrestling game. Uh, Growing up at 
three years old is when I started wrestling. I've wrestled my whole life. I was a five-time state runner-up. So I've been in the game a long time. Um, I transitioned into jiu-jitsu really good with my wrestling. And unlike most wrestlers, I'm really good off my back. I'm comfortable off my back. In my last fight, Bozzy, uh created a scramble, and Bozzy got on top of me, and I armbarred him from my back. I have triangles from my back. Uh, I got finishes from top, from head and arm to the Von Flick. Uh, most people know it as the Von Flu choke, but I have four wins by it, so we call it the Von Flick choke. Uh, I put multiple people to sleep with it, and I love doing it, man. So I feel like I'm one of the very few wrestlers that can actually be on my back and get the submission. So we talked a little bit about Brandon Royval and, and his success in the UFC and how he jumped in there and, and, and took out a guy like very experienced guy like Tim Elliott. But one of the things he said afterwards was he just wanted to quit his job so badly. Uh, he got that little bonus. And the first thing he did was, was quit long-term. Um, you still see guys like Jim Miller who still works, Stipe Miocic who still does his firefighting. If all goes well and the UFC dream happens, is quitting your job something you want to do? Or is it like, I love what I do and I'd like to keep doing that? Uh, right now, yes. I don't think quitting my job will ever be an option for a really long time based on my job. offers a 401k. It offers benefits. I've been there for almost five years. My job does sponsor me. And since they sponsor me, they allow me to take hours off. I usually work 40 to 45 hours a week. And with... As much as I train, they allow me to take time off. But we are in the plastic industry. I work for Tulsa Plastics. So the plexiglass has been uh, really keeping me busy. But my job really works with me. And I really enjoy my job. And like I said, the 401k is really what would make it really hard for me to quit my job. I got two, I got two girls and a wife. I, I got a family to take care of. But hopefully if I can rally, get three, four wins in the UFC, maybe I'd be making enough money to pay for my own 401k and uh, quit my job. Yeah, you see a lot of guys like, especially now throughout the pandemic, guys like Henry Cejudo, Jorge Masvidal, John Jones, a lot of these guys are complaining about pay, which is unusual because they're the guys at the top. Uh, but you aren't hearing guys up and coming who just want a shot at the UFC um, complaining about it. They just want that shot. And I think that goes a long way, just like, you know, when you're at the bottom, all you want is an opportunity to showcase your skills where once you get there, it all becomes about the financial uh, part of it. Yes, sir. Uh, like I said, we don't make a lot of money on these uh, lower circuits. I sell five, six thousand dollars in tickets and still take home less than three thousand dollars. I beat UFC Johnny Bedford in the main yeah. event LFC. LFA 16 and still took home less than $3,000. So a 10,000 and 10,000 for the UFC would make my day. A lot is uh, a lot has been happening now in the MMA world. There was a three month standstill or nothing happened. The UFC jumped the gun, made some stuff happen, made some moves as a fighter. What was your thoughts on what the UFC did and being the front runners and getting the sports back, back on TV? Oh, it was amazing. Uh, honestly, I wish I had a big win streak and one of them big, big managers at that time because all these guys that are in the UFC don't 
want to take the fights right now. They have the option. Us guys that are trying to get there on the UFC, like Brandon Royval, we're taking the fight on a couple weeks' notice. It doesn't matter. We need that opportunity. We need that money. We need that chance. Um, a lot of these guys that has have already had it, that they can wait it out, like Dana said, and they're not going to lose their job. Uh, unfortunately for some of us, we need that money and we need that opportunity. So to see it all happen, that's what really motivated me to get back out there. Uh, I was supposed to fight for this LFA title back in April 17th. First, number one ranked guy in the U.S. outside of the UFC, Sidney Bice. Uh, I don't know if Sidney Bice is going to the Tuesday Night Contender Show. That's my guess since I'm not fighting Sidney Bice and he is from South Dakota. Um, so when they called me and told me I had a title fight, that's who I thought I was going to fight. Um, when they offered me Greg Fisher, I didn't know much about him. I looked him up, and I could see he's a solid opponent, and he has a really great manager. So I see why he got the opportunity, and I just found out recently he moved down to Greg Jackson's camp for this fight. So that motivates me even more for to be fighting a guy that's got the opportunity to go fight out of a camp like that. Has that, has that been something you've considered, moving to like a, a place like that, like an ATT, an AKA? Any of those big gyms, or are you just happy where you're at? Um, my second pro fight, um, I trained out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. Hector Munoz took me down there. I've lived with Donald Cowboy Sharon out of his ranch. Uh, I've lived there on his house, uh, and I stayed with him for two camps, uh, but I only fought for one camp, and that was my second pro fight when I fought Anthony Sessions. I was fighting in El Paso, Texas, where the altitude was high. So we moved out there to Albuquerque, and I had a four-week camp out in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, that was before I had two kids. That was before I had a wife, and that's before I had responsibilities. Um, now, with all my responsibilities and everything I got to do, I like to stay here. I'm like Bryce Mitchell, man. I don't feel like I have to go out there and get all that. I got a amazing Muay Thai coach. I have an awesome jiu-jitsu coach, Thomas Longacre. Um, Leo is my Muay Thai coach. And if you look up my last kickboxing fight, which is on UFC Fight Pass as well, um, my highlight reel has got over 22,000 views on social media. And people know me as a jiu-jitsu guy. So I've changed my game a lot because it goes with my nickname, The Brick. My game is solid all over like a brick. And that's what I look to showcase and show everybody on July 24th, live on UFC Fight Pass. Yeah, I can't wait, man. I'm looking really, really forward to that. For people who have never seen you fight, is there one fight, if they have like 10 minutes to watch any fight of yours, which one would you point at? I would say me and Jamison Saudito. It's also on UFC Fight Pass. It was my first fight back at 125 pounds in a couple years. And uh, the first round, I came out, I dominated. I do what I usually do. I take my opponent down, I beat him up. Round two, I came out and I fell down on the ground throwing a head kick. And he just kept punching me and elbowing me and punching me and elbowing me and punching me. And I counted over 80 punches that he had landed or even threw for over three minutes before I recovered. Switched the position, got on top, and I got that bomb flick choke. And he's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. And I choked him out. It was one of the most toughest fights I had. Mentally tough, physically tough. And uh, it really helped me know what I can and can't do 
when I'm fighting and how much I know I can push myself to still be able to get that finish no matter how tired I am. There's uh, there's I'll get, I'll ask a couple more questions and then I'll no, uh, and then I'll let you go. Uh, there's uh, there's three big fights coming up uh, in Fight Island. Uh, the main event is Gilbert Burns versus uh, Kamaru Usman, two teammates fighting. I guess, what's your prediction for the fight, and what's your take on two teammates competing for the belt? That, yeah, that's a real tough one, man. Because I'm curious uh, how long they've been, uh, how long they've been away from each other. You know, I don't. I've, I know Kamar Usman has uh, moved his training camp, and. Uh, I'm just curious to see how it plays because I'm pretty sure that he knows the jiu-jitsu that Gilbert Burns has, but I'm almost positive that Usman's wrestling is 10 times better. So I'm pretty sure Usman thinks he can solidify the position, take him down and dominate. I don't think we'll ever see Usman stand with anybody like he did with uh, Colby Covington. You know, I think Colby Covington and him stood up because neither one of them wanted to wear themselves out with the wrestling. They both have high-level wrestling, and I think that's why we've seen a stand-up fight. Uh, with the Gilbert Burns fight, I don't see anything different happening besides Usman going back to his normal game plan of trying to ground and pound and grind and grind on Gilbert Burns and try to wear him out, especially since Gilbert Burns has fought a lot of his career at 155 pounds. I'll ask you. Uh, I'll ask you the same thing for the for the 135 uh, pound belt there uh, with Piotr Jan and Jose Aldo. It's a division you've competed in, so I got to get your opinion on it. Um, it's interesting, you know, based on Jose coming off that last performance, he looked really great, but he did not get the decision win. So that is, uh, I think, one of the first times we're going to see somebody fight for a title that is coming off of a loss. Um, I like Peter Yan, man. He's got awesome boxing. Uh, we've never seen anybody really do Uriah Faber the way he did. And honestly, I think he's going to knock Jose Aldo out in the first or second round. And uh, I really like Peter Yan, and I would love to see Peter Yan versus Aljamir Sterling because Aljamir Sterling's jiu-jitsu is amazing. He's really long for a 135-pounder, and he's been in the game a long time. What uh, and one last question, non MMA related. I can see that you're being pulled in so many different directions. What sorts of things have you been doing throughout the pandemic, non training related, to keep your mind occupied? Um, besides spending time with my family, um, that, that's what a lot is what I do a lot. Uh, I've been playing a lot of cornholes with my buddy. We like to play cornhole, horseshoes, and stuff like that. Um, but through the pandemic, I've been working a lot. Like I said, I deal with plexiglass. So we've been making these shields left and right. Uh, I've been putting hours in prior to getting back to the gym. So I've just been trying to enjoy time with my family because when I take these fights and I have six to eight week training camps, I really commit to these training camps. And I spend a lot of time away from my family trying to put that work in that gym to earn that extra money to be able to earn my shot in the UFC. All right, man. All the best. Thank you so much for taking the time, and good luck on July 24th. It's a tough fight, but I'm, I'm rooting for you, man, and hopefully we'll see you in the UFC. Hi. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it, and thank you for your time. All right. All the best. Stay safe. Keep washing your hands.
<laughs> yes, sir. Appreciate it.